What is up listeners of the Didn't Ask podcast? Welcome back to a new episode of the Didn't Ask podcast. As always, I'm your host Jaimon and today I will be diving into the world of Reddit to see what the people asked Reddit and didn't ask me. How is everybody doing? I hope you had a good weekend. I personally had a very relaxing weekend. There was no UFC, but there was a big WWE event this weekend. And that was, of course, the Royal Rumble. We had some fun matches on the card. Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins, for example. But, of course, the highlight of the event are the Royal Rumbles themselves. And we had some fun comebacks, I guess. But very few surprises overall. Like, there were some cool people that returned. We saw Sarah Logan return, which was a fun thing. We saw Mickey James being the Knockouts Women's Champion, making her return to WWE, in a sense, in the Royal Rumble, sporting that Knockouts Championship around her waist, coming out to her Impact Wrestling theme song. And yeah, it's just just a very interesting mix of current superstars and old superstars It was very interesting to see that even though WWE has fired a lot of people in the last couple of months, the the ring was filled with people, not even from NXT. And there were still some people that were not even in the event altogether, which was very interesting to see. It was very interesting to see that even though they have got down significantly on their talent, that they still don't really have a how do you say it? a shortage i guess is the best way to say it personally i think that they have created a shortage of some sort themselves by firing top talent which results in the fact that we now have brock lesnar and seth rollins and roman reigns basically going back and forth there are very little new faces there but again This is not a WWE podcast. This is the Ask Reddit podcast where I dive into the Ask Reddit and am I the asshole subreddit from Reddit to see what the people ask Reddit and didn't ask me. So let's jump into the first question coming from the Ask Reddit subreddit from user Leviathan underscore web. And they ask, what is your comfort show you rewatch when you're sad or sick? And to me, I am a big fan of... Keeping Up With The Kardashians. Keeping Up With The Kardashians is such a fun show because it's just bullshit. You don't really have to pay attention that much. So I can just watch it sitting back, enjoying myself. This is a fun fun story, fun anecdote. When I went to college, I... Like, I've been following Keeping Up With The Kardashians basically since its inception. I was sitting on the couch with my mom and my sister watching the Kardashians trying to keep up with them. You get what I'm saying? So throughout those years, up until now, I've basically just continued watching the show um, and now technically it's done. But the Kardashians are coming now to Hulu. So yay for me, because that means I'm going to be watching so many more hours of the Kardashians. But again, that's not what this is about. So... I would go to college and then sometimes I would have had some hours spare on the day. So I would just sit down, turn on my uh, my PC and then watch Keeping With the, with the Kardashians just enjoying a cup of tea. And uh, it was fun, of course. 
maybe not the most productive way to use your college hours, but hey, this is what I did. Then, another show that I would watch when I'm sad or sick is just wrestling. Wrestling is always there. There are so many hours of wrestling every week to follow, so there is always something for you to watch. So, WWE has always been like a thing in my life um, since I was like, yeah, I think it was around eight, nine, maybe. I guess no, 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 no. I was a little older. I was around. I was around eleven, twelve, I think, when I got really into wrestling. And since then, I've been, you know, trying to keep up with that as well, which is many of hours a week. And throughout the years, I've dropped my consumption of wrestling quite a bit with me just skipping out on certain shows like 205 Live, which I would watch in the beginning, but not anymore. And then they had like main event and superstars and everything in between there. I would try and watch, but now uh, I keep it with the basically the main shows. So Raw, SmackDown and NXT, even though NXT is absolutely horrible since it turned into NXT 2.0, but that's a story for a whole different another day. So yeah. Going back to the question asked by Leviathan underscore web, what is your comfort show you rewatch when you're sad or sick? And for me, the answers would be keeping up with the Kardashians because there are so many of hours of keeping up with the Kardashians that when you're sick and you just want to binge something, the Kardashians are there for you for many and many hours throughout all the years that they have done TV shows and not even including the spin-offs. And then another show would be wrestling altogether because, man, there is so much wrestling out there in the world today. From Ring of Honor to Impact to WWE to AEW to GCW to WXW, you name it. There are so many shows you can watch nowadays. So there is always wrestling for you to watch when you're sick or sad. Thank you for your question, Leviathan underscore web. Moving on to the second question of today, coming from user tall underscore blacksmith, and they ask, you can rename Earth, what would you name it? If you're a kind of funny fan, you know that this question has come up many and many years ago on that podcast, and their answer would be Jasper, call it Planet Jasper, and that would be, of course, when the alien colonizers or the alien federation, maybe, hopefully the Alien Federation, if there are actual aliens coming to Earth that want us to be part of their Federation, and they were just like, hey, the Earth is already taken, we have got a planet in whatever part of the galaxy that's called Earth as well, and they have been part of this Federation for a very long time, so you have to pick a new name. And the new name would definitely be Planet Jasper, I think. I think that is a fun name. Another option would be just marble, because then we have so many fun quotes we can make for our international or intergalactic federation that we can be like, oh, it's marble madness. Oh, it's marble mania. Everybody's crazy about Earth or marble at that point. So I think marble would be a funny one. But again, if Earth is already taken, marble probably is too. So then we would just go for Planet Jasper because, you know, it's such a stupid name and probably nobody has picked that, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, maybe we can do that. Or maybe we can do something completely different and just call it fucking something stupid. Some very factual. Like 30% water or something like that. 
70% water, 30% earth. I'm just trying to think. Because, of course, there are planets called Europa and some other fucking things. We can go for Andor. We can call our planet Andor. That's fucking cool. That's a Star Wars thing. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Going back to the question asked by user tall underscore blacksmith. You can rename Earth. What would you name it? And again, like I said at the beginning of this question, if you're a big kind of funny fan, you know that Planet Jasper has always flown around in the community. But it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mad name. So if we're gonna do something, we'll probably name it Andor, because that's a cool thing. Or maybe we call ourselves Alderaan, but then we might be, get blown up. So yeah, let's go back to Andor. We're, we're we're gonna name it Andor, Planet Andor. Is that good for you, Intergalactic Federation? Thanks for your question, Tal Blacksmith. Moving on to the third question of today, coming from user Alt Music Lover, who asks, who are some music artists that switched genres? For me, the first person that jumped out at this question would, of course, be Taylor Swift, because Taylor Swift, of course, started out as a country singer, but then slowly morphed into pop, and now sometimes basically does R&B songs. I've been very happy with the re-releases lately. I started getting into Taylor Swift when she released the Red album. So starting from that point on, I've been following Taylor Swift closely. But everything before that is very much... There are numbers that I know from concerts and shows and whatever that, that she's done. And because of their, some of them are very popular... So some of them I know more so by name than I know them, you know, by heart. But going back to those old songs, thanks to the re-releases, it's been such a journey for me and such a fun trip, I guess you can say, because the style is so different. It's so weird how some people, you know, do that. And I feel like that, that, that happens with rap music too. Because there are some rappers that when they were underground, so to speak, and coming up, they would make like very grimy tunes and stuff like that. But the more mainstream they got, the more mainstream their music got. So I would say Tiny Tempa is also one of them. Like Tiny Tempa had some fucking dope ass bars back in the day, but now he's a little bit more clean and a little bit more safe, so to speak. Because he talks to a wider audience. And again, I don't, I don't necessarily want to say this is a bad thing or a good thing. Because it, it isn't. It is neither, really, if you ask me. But it's, it's the thing that, yeah, you, you do that. You, you evolve. And if you don't evolve, you perish, basically. That's what they say, right? If you don't evolve, you go extinct. So it's very interesting to see that... People like Taylor Swift and like Tiny Tempa come from a certain point, but then when they hit mainstream, they maybe feel the need to be more mainstream, but also just their music goes more mainstream because that means that they're going to get more listens, which means that they're making more money. And of course, that's very important, if, especially if you want to you know, keep doing what you're doing. So... Going back to the question asked by user alt music lover, who are some music artists that switched genre 
And I would say Taylor Swift is one of the biggest ones in this for me. Because again, she started out singing country, but now goes more into the pop slash R&B side of things. And then Tiny Tampa is one of them in the sense that his music switched up a little bit. And I feel like back in the day, it was a little bit more grimy than it is now. And now it's more mainstream rap music. And again, I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I'm just saying that, you know, things change and people change with the times and maybe they think that the music that they're making now is better or whatever like honestly personally i don't really mind any of it i'm here for the journey and as long as i like the music i'm fine with it you know what i'm saying so thank you for your question alt music lover moving on to the fourth question of the ask reddit subreddit for today coming from user com dash internet 6926 and they ask you now own disney what is the first thing you do? And it's just like, ooh, if I own Disney, the company, not the person, not the people, I should say, I guess. There are multiple people, right? Because you had Roy Disney and he had a son, I guess. Anyways, if I would own Disney, I would immediately start talking to Bob Iger. Because in the time that Bob Iger was the head of Disney and the chairman, CEO, and you name it, Business went very well, and every time there was like news about Disney, it was very much in in good light of Bob Iger. And now we have the new Bob uh, on top. That's a, a Disney show I've ever seen it. That seemingly causes a little bit more problems where that than needed, I should say. Of course, it's all very much started with the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit that she filed against Disney for not meeting contractual agreements, which then resulted in Bob, whatever the fuck his name is, going up against her very harshly and saying that she, you know, was trying to extort him for money and I don't know what the fuck he said. But there were some things that he said that weren't smart. And I am a big fan of Disney. Like, I am a huge Disney fan. And for me, it's one of those things that Disney is such a special part in a lot of people's lives because it's basically the first thing you see and the last thing you see at night, right? It's the first thing you see in the morning, the last thing you see at night. Disney is everywhere, especially after the acquisition of Fox or 20th Studios Fox, 20th Century Fox, whatever the fuck it's called. Since that acquisition... Disney especially has been everywhere because now Disney owns the Disney channels. They own Hulu, ESPN, uh, FX, you name it. So there is a lot of things to think about when you're the head of Disney, basically. Because Disney is an all-encompassing brand right now. From food to toys to theme parks to TV channels to movies to music... There are so many things that you need to think about. So I would really want to sit around a table with Bob Iger to see like, hey, what did you do that made you so special? That made you basically like the people's guy? Because again, I have watched a lot of documentaries on Disney Plus about Disney and about the Disney parks and you name it. And every time I see something cool being done, it's done with the consent of Bob Iger. And I think that that's such a 
very fucking fun and cool thing to think about that this guy was the head of Disney and just gave a lot of project the green light because people were passionate about this. And he saw that if the people that were making these things were passionate about what they were making, that the result would be that everybody that would be watching it and using that product or servers or whatever would be happy as well because they the people would know that oh the people that made this really put their life into this project and that is such an interesting way of looking at things and this question of course you can take this all kinds of ways but for me it would be yeah how can we preserve the magic that is disney and how can we help the people that work for disney evolve in a certain way that makes disney itself evolve in multiple directions that could be from the movie side from the music side from the theme park side there are so many ways that disney can grow and how disney is in your life and i feel like bob Iger over the past couple of years has done an amazing job making sure that things are moving forward and moving towards the future without being a detriment to the people that work there or without basically putting the business before the workers, if that makes any sense. Because again, like I said, the new Bob is now, because Bob Iger, of course, is retiring, so we now have a new Bob that immediately started having issues with Scarlett Johansson. And if Scarlett Johansson is like she was, the star of one of a big franchise, then what the fuck are you doing? Why are you making this so public? Why are you having her sue the company in broad daylight? That's such, that's such a weird thing for me. And personally, I don't really understand why that had to happen. So going back to the question, as by user com-internet6926, you now own Disney. What's the first thing you do? And the first thing I would do is I would call up a meeting with Bob Iger to see what he has to say. What is the things that I need to keep my eyes out on? How can people speak so fondly of you while still you being a businessman and doing amazing business over the past couple of years with the acquisition of of course, Fox being one of them. How can we make Disney better while also being there for our imagineers, for our workers, for our cast members, you name it. So many very interesting things to think about. Thank you for your question, Calm Internet. And finally, we go to the final question of the Ask Reddit for today. Asked by user April 22. 2001 and they ask what movie legitimately blew your mind there are quite a couple of movies that blew my mind and most of them will probably be christopher nolan movies because christopher nolan is a very interesting movie maker he makes things that are so out of the loop or inside a loop if you know what i'm saying that basically divert your expectation in many different directions but also then present a very interesting fact or anomaly to you that makes your brain even more like shattered than it already was and one of these movies of course 
being Tenet. And Tenet is the movie about how time moves backwards and forwards and whatever the fuck. And it's such a very interesting part of that movie where some people are moving backwards and some people are moving forwards and then this happens and that happens. And then the person is fighting himself, but then in the future and then another person knows. And there are so many cool things to think about with that movie. And that movie was one of the movies that I really got invested in and then dove into an incredible YouTube rabbit hole of theories of movies that, you know, of th- yeah, theories about the movie that, oh, said like, oh, he knew or this is this person or that's that person and they knew. And oh my God, there are so many things to think about with that. But also the movie The Prestige. It's another Christopher Nolan classic, I can say. Um, about two battling magicians and Scarlett Johansson in that reason we're talking about that too. Scarlett Johansson is in The Prestige and there are so many interesting things that happen in that movie with the magic and how they explain it and science and there are so many cool aspects to the movie that you don't really expect going into that movie and when you know what happens in the end you immediately want to go back to see if you can pick up on certain facts or certain signs that are in the movie or aren't in the movie and maybe you can find it maybe you can not and whatever there are so many interesting ways to look at those movies and that makes christopher nolan a very special movie maker like he makes incredible films he doesn't make movies per se he makes films and all of them blow your mind in some way or another so going back to the question asked by user april 22 2001 what movie legitimately blew your mind and i would have to say tenant is one and the prestige is the other both of them christopher nolan movies that present so many interesting facts and absolutely bonkers script is has been made for both of those movies and it's incredible that the actors knew what, what was going on and knew what to act out. But it's also just crazy that Christopher Nolan was able to shake that out of his top hat like that. Thank you for your question, April. And now we move into the final question of today. Coming from the MI the Asshole subreddit asked by user sitic 3 And they ask, am I the asshole for not buying my GF the gift she asked for her birthday? Throwaway account. I, a 30-year-old male, have a girlfriend, 28, female of 6 years. It's always a problem to get her something for her birthday, so I asked what she wanted. At first she said that she didn't know and that a nice dinner would do. But yesterday she came from work and told me that she saw a very nice Japanese knife set she would like, but it is a bit expensive. The knives were $254, which I think is nonsense to pay for the knives, since she is not a professional cook. She cooks as a hobby. I told her I think it's unreasonable and that I won't buy it for her. She said okay, but was quiet the whole evening. When I asked what happened, she told me I shouldn't ask her what she wants if I didn't want to take it in consideration. I think it's a bit childish. She gave me one suggestion and I said no, it shouldn't be such a big deal. Also, money is not a problem. We both have nice salaries and are child-free with reasonable monthly expenses. We don't have any limit for the price of the gifts, 
For my birthday last year, she got me a summer trip to Turkey, paid for by benefits from her job. So, am I the asshole? With the information you're giving me, I would say yes, you're kind of an asshole. First off, you have been together with your girlfriend for six years, so this is very serious, I'm assuming, because otherwise you wouldn't be together for six years. And that means that sometimes it, your, your gifts can be a little bit more expensive. So what you could have done is you could have gotten the girlfriend the knife set and then said, hey, it was quite of a an expensive gift and I don't know, but like maybe we can do this like uh, this is a Valentine's Day gift and a birthday gift or this is a birthday gift and a Christmas gift or something, right? You can think of something. Just maybe combine the two so that the initial investment doesn't seem as big anymore because instead of buying two gifts, you now buy one gift. But again, like you're saying is the money is not really a big deal. So if the money isn't really a big deal, why wouldn't you just buy the knife set for your girlfriend? Also, she gave you a trip to Turkey and now you're fucking, you know, harping on a knife set? I feel like a trip to Turkey seems to be, you know, pretty expensive. So uh, I think, yeah, the way you handled it might not have been the smartest decision. You might have been better off to just be like, hey, I'm going to give you this gift, but it is quite expensive for, you know, for your birthday or whatever. And let's combine this with another holiday, like, again, like I said, Valentine's Day, Christmas, you name it. Other than that, I think, yeah, you just need to be a little bit more, you need to think about the situation a little longer, maybe. Maybe just go like, oh, let me think about it. Or like, hey, that's a, that's a good suggestion. And then maybe not immediately say no to her face. So you can then be like, hey, I thought it was a little expensive afterwards. But not just say flat out no, especially after your girlfriend got you a trip to Turkey, which again, seems pretty expensive even though she has benefits from that as well, but still. So, going back to the question, asked by user Sid IC3, am I the asshole for not buying my girlfriend the gift she asked for for her birthday? And I would say, to the question here, the answer would be no, not necessarily, but I feel like the way you handled the situation was a pretty bad way to handle the situation. And especially, again, like you're saying, she got you a trip to Turkey which is a lot of money. So I think you could have spent the $250 for the knife set because I think she has earned that after six years being together with you. Thank you for your question. And that has been it for the Didn't Ask podcast for this week, episode 47. Gee, we're getting closer and closer to that episode 50. If you like this podcast, please leave a rating on your favorite podcast service around the world. You can go to anchor.fm forward slash pod to see where you can find this podcast all over the world. Over there, you can also find a box that says message. If you press that, you have the ability to record a voice memo for me so I can read your question out live on air. If you don't want your voice to be heard on the podcast, please say that up front so I can just read your question out myself so I can still answer your question, but you can still be anonymous. I will be back next week. In the meantime, you can see what I'm watching thanks to Tracked.tv. That link will be in the show description as well. Over here, you can see all the TV shows and movies that I'm watching throughout the week. 
so you can keep up with me, aside from the Kardashians, and ask me a question about one of those shows if you would like. Finally, this show is available on YouTube, so please go to YouTube, subscribe, hit that notification bell so you will always be the first to see when the podcast posts. Well, that's it for me for this week. I hope to see you back next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.